Welcome to Mortification of Spin, Bully Pulpit, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Is gender merely a social construct, or does it have a specific purpose? Using some growing trends in popular culture as a launching pad, the gang discusses issues related to the transgender movement. At the end of the podcast, we'll tell you how to enter a drawing for an MP3 set from the Alliance. Well, today we want to talk about a topic that hit the headlines, well, big time three or four weeks ago, but was really... uh, uh, occupying some of the gossip magazines for for many months now, and that is the sex change operation which the former Olympic athlete and one time connectee to the Kardashian clan uh, Bruce Jenner has undergone uh, most recently of course he appeared on the cover of Vanity Fair in uh, very scantily clad in a very sort of provocative pose, and this created something of a media firestorm in terms of discussion. Now, transgender issues have been touted as as the next gay issue, that these are going to be the, the big questions of this decade. Uh, many people now regard the gay issue as essentially decided, done and dusted, and we now have to address transgender matters. So clearly this is going to press in on the church. If your church has not been impacted by this already, probably at some point in the next 10 or 15 years, uh, the transgender issue is going to come to your church or to a church near you. And it's important for Christians to be able to think biblically, compassionately, appropriately about this issue. So this morning we want to spend some time reflecting on Bruce Jenner or if we're going to be more charitable, perhaps the artist formerly known as Bruce Jenner. Uh, Todd, Amy, yeah. what do you think? Well, it's it's certainly a confusing issue uh, for some folks who have not always been raised with clear biblical categories about personhood and about God's um, sovereignty over uh, the person. And, and not just outside the church, but I think inside the church as well. So I I think that within the church, we've got to speak to this because there's clearly a large amount of confusion. And I think where we begin is with the doctrine of creation, how God has made us, Uh, the fact that he differentiates um, not only between species, but also specifically, as we see in the creation account, between male and female. And he's encoded it even in our DNA. So Bruce Jenner can be airbrushed and surgically altered all he wants, but every cell in his body says that he's a man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Merely having your penis amputated and and some breast implants doesn't make you a it's woman. Quite reductionistic, right. isn't it? Right. I know there's so many um, contradictions and questions to be answered, and in some ways, I find that this is maybe an opportunity because Christianity, our worldview, what we know to be true about creation, about man, about God. We have the answers to all this. This is really sad. I look at that picture and think, wow, how this man has mutilated himself to try to change his identity. And I think a lot of people, like I'm looking on Facebook and the comments being made and and, and the tweets, people want to be loving. They want to be able to respond in a compassionate way. However, I don't think they have the categories to do that. They don't have the categories of the, the fall. 
right. of being created in the image of God, of the fall, and that, you know, this man does need help. Right. And um, the whole categories for redemption, these kinds of answers we have as Christians. Yeah, and I think one of the things we see in the whole response to Bruce Jenner as well has been the the incoherence that kicks in when you reject those basic categories. Right. I mean, on the one hand, we're being told that, that gender is a social or psychological construct. On the other hand, that Vanity Fair cover conformed exactly <sighs> so to the criteria of feminine beauty oh. that the world has been touting. Uh, for for many years. Yeah, so, I would think that feminists would be so angry about this or upset about this at the what this image is showing that a woman is supposed to be. Yeah, well, f- feminism I think is tearing itself apart over the issue partly because, as many feminists I think correctly point out, simply having your penis amputated and breast implants inserted doesn't make you a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, these women have been campaigning against uh, what they've seen as sexual repression for an oppression for many, many years. And now they have men effectively getting in on the act. Uh, men who have enough un- money to do it and, yeah, you sure. know, the best hairstylist and photo shoot. And um, we've gone back. We've rewound so many years of progress talking about beauty and accepting our bodies. I mean, I think about the, the Dove commercial that um, – is you know showing young girls that you know to have a good self esteem with the way you've been created and to accept yourself for who you are and to be natural and that's beautiful that's what beauty is it's truth it's original and then you have this picture on Vanity Fair saying you know of a of a man who's had his forehead shaved his whole mm-hmm. face reconstructed his neck he has to hide his hands he's yeah you know, so synthetic, it's been pumped yeah. with hormones and is in this little tiny lingerie, yeah. airbrushed and yeah. who knows. To, tr- to try to done. conform, exactly, to try to conform so to those images and photoshopped. of yeah. Right, yeah. and that's this huge picture now saying, oh, you're beautiful and courageous. It's such yeah. a contradiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To use the trendy language, it's conforming precisely to the binary cisgender categories that mm-hmm. these people claim to abominate right yeah and then there's this whole idea of you know we're being told it's not even good for the meat that we eat to be pumped with hormones right okay non-gmo everything needs to be completely natural no chemicals and then on the other hand we're told to encourage somebody to be completely pumped with hormones synthetic hormones people oftentimes Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's there's so many contradictions going on. You know, there's also, you know, we, we can't miss the, um, the connection to uh, pagan spirituality here, wherein uh, the body uh, doesn't matter. Physical, material existence uh, doesn't matter, but rather we exist wholly, you know, in, in, in the spirit, so to speak, kind of an, a, a, a neo-Gnosticism, uh, which defines so much of the spirituality of, of Westerners. And clearly that's what you have here is that um, if I feel like a a woman um, emotionally or if I think myself uh, as a woman, um, then that trumps whatever my entire body says about me. It trumps whatever is encoded on every strand of DNA in my body, uh, what, what I feel that I am. And it points to a highly psychologized understanding of selfhood. You know, I think 150 years ago, even 100 years ago, the sentence, you know, I'm a woman trapped in a man's body would have made no sense. 
because uh-huh. it depends upon a highly psychological understanding, a highly psychologized understanding of what the self is, which is effectively independent of the body. Uh, I think we, we see in transgender uh, politics the latest phase in the absolute psychologization of what it means to be a human person. Uh, we are, as you rightly say, it's a kind of Gnosticism that disconnects who we are from, I say, from what we are. We are physically embodied creatures. But now that is being detached from our identity. The body is becoming something that we can manipulate into being whatever we want it to be. It, it, if you like, it's, it's the latest theater of us playing God. We've manipulated the environment. Right. Now we're manipulating our own bodies. Yeah. And I, and I do believe that that's exactly what it is. It is the, it's the final assertion of the sovereign self over our yeah. maker yeah. so that everything that God has shown us, uh, both in what we can observe clearly with our eyes to what can be seen only in the highest amplification of the cells of our body, everything about us shouts our, our, our gender, so to speak. And yet yeah. we're going to assert ourselves, um, over that and 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 it's it's the triumph of the soft sciences isn't it it's the triumph of the soft sciences over things like biology yeah. and and the, the the irony of those who say that christians are anti-science mm-hmm. um of people now th- those very same people uh, embracing this this sort of thing I, I would i would encourage folks i don't know if you've if you've seen the article called Surgical Sex in First Things by Paul McHugh. Paul McHugh was at one time the chief psychiatrist at Johns Hopkins University, um, which was a pioneer in sexual reassignment surgery, and they no longer do them. And he explains in this terrific article why they stopped doing those operations. And he's very clear in saying these are emotionally and mentally troubled people that need help, not surgery. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the irony of it, too, is that, you know, Christians are always being accused of not living in reality and using their religion as a crutch. Mm-hmm. And here we are pointing out the clearly obvious, and um, that is now hate speech. Right. Yeah. And so now now looking at reality is a bad thing. Yeah. That's yeah. Outlandish. Yeah, there was there was there was some um, I think a television show actor recently who just tweeted out I'm quote I'm still going to call him Bruce, and he was so inundated with accusations of being a hater and a bigot that he posted a a, a groveling apology wow. for just yeah. simply saying I'm still going to call him Bruce. But what's actually loving too? Like back to that question, sure. we look at the suicide rates of these mm-hmm. transgenders after their sex right. change. And they skyrocket. Yeah. So how is it that um, we are the haters by wanting to actually help them with <clears throat> well, the truth? you see the obvious answer there is going to be they commit suicide because they're still not accepted by right. people who hate as we do. You can't win. You can't win in this situation because mm-hmm. these people have the truth. They are absolute fundamentalists. There is no Mm -hmm. evidence that you can provide that will cause them to revise their opinion. So the tremendous suicide rates are all down to the fact that, well, we we live in a heterosexist society. And it's the the patriarchal structures of a heterosexist society that drive these people to suicide. So we can't win. It goes back to to Karl Popper's critique of of bogus science, of of psychology. Uh, It's it's essentially non-falsifiable. 
Yeah. Uh, you can provide any evidence you want, but it will count as nothing because they already have their a priori scheme. It's like Marxism. You know, mm-hmm. any, any evidence you can provide to demonstrate that Marxism doesn't work is an example of false consciousness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an example of just yeah. how deep, if you like, the conspiracy is. Mm-hmm. And it's the same yeah. with the transgender thing. So it's almost pointless arguing on one level. I mean, frankly, if you look, go to the government website on statistics on sexually transmitted diseases and, and, and look at you know, sexually transmitted diseases are catastrophically high yes. among gay men. Right. You'll never see that evidence cited in any article. And mm-hmm. frankly... If the same criteria were, applied, criteria were applied to that as are applied to health problems caused by smoking, right. mm-hmm. it would be illegal. Right. It mm-hmm. certainly wouldn't be promoted on the, the media. But ultimately, I think the promoters of the, of the latest stage of the sexual revolution are not interested in evidence. Mm-hmm. They're interested in getting their own way. Right. But we need right. to make sure our kale is organic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't touch my kale, though. And <laughs> You know, you know, it's interesting. The, the American Psychological Association has a, a has named a disorder, um, body integrity identity disorder, mm-hmm. which applies to, for instance, the man who believes that he shouldn't have two legs because he feels himself to be a man with only one leg. Mm-hmm. And there have been examples, although they're rare. It, it's periodically a doctor has been willing to perform an amputation. Um, on a man, say, removing his left leg because he's never felt like a man with two legs. Well, rightly so, that's a very rare procedure because the vast majority of doctors would never do such a thing because this is clearly a disturbed person Mm -hmm. who needs help. And yet, we would say to a man who wants to have um, his his, uh, defining identity removed, let us say, uh, we'll do that because that's an expression of freedom. It's a remarkably discreet way of putting it, Tom. Wow, I struggle. <laughs> I've already with that. used the word several times. You've already used the word, and I should use it. I don't know. I, I'm a repressed but American. That's the problem. My my prediction on that point is yeah. that uh, this this body dysmorphia yeah. that will cease to be a medical condition right. soon, uh, or will cease to be a medical problem, because the legal precedent set on transgender would seem to me to apply exactly to that kind of issue. And somebody who thinks their left leg needs to be removed is going to see that and is going to get their lawyer to argue for it. Mm-hmm. So I would see this, this body right. dysfunction, body image dysfunction, right. that will cease to be a mental disorder uh, in the next decade, precisely because yeah. of the trans- transgender yeah. uh, politics and that shows you just how insane this whole thing is um, right but i've got a great quotation it's actually from cardinal newman you know i'm a cardinal newman man. right but i've got a, a quotation here from cardinal newman in the 19th century and he says quarry the granite rock with razors or moor the vessel with a thread of silk then may you hope with such keen and delicate instruments as human knowledge and human reason to contend against those giants, the passion and the pride of man. Mm. And Newman there is making the point that don't think you can beat these people with arguments mm. because it's pride and passion that drives this kind of lunacy. Yeah. Mm. So, so <clears throat> as, we, as we start to wrap up, I wonder what, what do we, and Amy, you alluded to this earlier about the fact that it's Christians, people with a biblical Christian worldview that actually are speaking reality in this. Mm-hmm. What do we, 
what do we say? What should the church say to the person? Because we live in a fallen world, there are people who are going to be confused. There are people who are going to have various emotional, mental problems. And in those rare cases, some physiological difficulties that do add to their confusion. That happens rarely, but it happens. What, what, what does the church, what do Christians have to say to those who are really struggling with issues related to their gender and their self-understanding? That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, for example, if, if somebody turned up at my church having had the operation right. and, and was converted, became a Christian, wants to join the church, what am I going to say to them? I think, hard as it is, I'm going to have to say to that person, you know, you were born a man. You are now a man with a mutilated body. What can we do to help you live as a man with a mutilated body? We understand this is terrible, but how can we help you? How can we support you live as God intended you to live? I don't think there's any easy way of affirming somebody in their transgender identity, but I think probably each case has to be taken on an individual basis because every individual comes with their own particular background and their own particular traumas. So I would say you have to hold the line, but you have to deal pastorally and compassionately with each individual case as they occur in the church. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think what you said is very important. I, th- I think that we would, we would only add to their confusion and add to their pain if we, if we somehow validated their delusion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. to help them understand the reality, to help them understand that just like any foolish thing we do, there are consequences, and yet in Christ there is redemption. Mm-hmm. There is the hope of ultimate wholeness mm-hmm. that we don't fully experience in this life. Um, and that's a part of, of, of living in between the ages. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's where truth and beauty is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also tempted to ask the church to start a campaign for the abolition of women's sports. It seems to me that the 50% of the human race that choose to self-identify as women <laughs> should not be paid for the radically mediocre speeding sporting performances they put. No woman has yet broken the four-minute mile. No woman has broken the four-minute mile. No top-ranked female tennis player could be- beat a pretty decent college male scholarship tennis player. Yeah. Billie Jean King beating some superannuated male chauvinist notwithstanding. Right. And again, that brings us back to the lunacy of all this. You know, it's a kind of heads, I win, tails, you lose situation for those who approach this. Because you're not going to see that anytime soon. We're going to continue to have these campaigns about equal pay for women in sport, even though there's no such thing as women anymore. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, anybody wants to sign that petition, give me a shout. <laughs> Let's start a petition for the abolition of women's sports. Yeah. Hey, do you think uh, Bruce Jenner would be a patron? <laughs> hey, I, I think he'd probably be all in. All in. There's a small <laughs> handful of really amazing women American Ninja Warriors, though, competing <laughs> against true. the men. That's true. Self-identified and women. Ultra, <laughs> ultra running. Women can compete against men in ultra running as well. Hmm. Uh, but not in any sport that's interesting to watch. No. <laughs> hey, I love American Ninja Warrior. It's the best. Well, yeah. Well, I, I think that's probably a good place for us to wrap up, uh, <laughs> beginning with Bruce Jenner and getting to, to American Ninja Warrior. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously, uh, we as Christians are going to be living more and more as people in exile. And uh, this only uh, heightens that reality to show that 
uh, something as simple as saying that there is man and woman has now become a controversial statement. So tremendous opportunity for the church to continue to speak truth in a, uh, in a culture that's more and more confused. And uh, we hope to, uh, to be a part of that conversation. So thanks for joining us today on uh, Mortification of Spin Bully Pulpit. Please visit our website, mortificationofspin.org, and we'll look forward to speaking to you next time. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, Bully Pulpit, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. The Alliance is a coalition of pastors, scholars, and churchmen who hold the historical creeds and confessions of the Reformed faith and who proclaim biblical doctrine in order to foster a Reformed awakening in today's church. Make sure to visit our website, mortificationofspin.org, to enter for your chance to win Biblical Personhood and Gender Confusion, a set of messages from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Next episode, the gang sits down to talk about one of the most misunderstood books of the Bible. Job is a a hardy perennial, even in the wider culture. Phrases such as Job's comforters are part and parcel of a cultural lingo. Uh, William Blake, the famous uh, poet and mystic and illustrator of the early 19th century, uh, illustrated the book of Job. He was fascinated by this story of a man tormented by Satan, with apparently with God's permission. All that and more next time. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to visit mortificationofspin.org to enter the drawing for an MP3 set. Todd, Todd, are you there? Todd, He's moving around. Todd. <laughs>